Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Hello and welcome for today's Go for Leadership podcast series. My guest today is Brendan Carson. Go for Leadership interviews. Brendan, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Daniel. Awesome. Brendan, um, like always, um, give me a quick introduction of yourself. Who are you uh, and uh, why we are speaking today? Uh, Brandon Carson. So I'm currently the Vice President of Learning and Leadership at Walmart. I've been in this career for 25 years now, so almost a quarter of a century as a training practitioner and started my career in Silicon Valley where I spent most of, uh, most of my adult life and then migrated to Atlanta where I've been here the last seven years uh, where I had stints at Home Depot, Delta, and now Walmart where I will be moving to Bentonville shortly. So All my profession has really been uh, in helping to train the workforce at the companies I've worked with. So it's been a great career. I've loved it every minute of it. Awesome. I think that's a, that's a great uh, starting point in particular with the, the idea of the podcast, right? So um, we treat about leadership uh, and, and skills around that. So maybe you can give me your view. What is your definition or what is your idea about leadership? No, that's good. That's great. And uh, a good question. I, for me, leadership requires passion, vision, and uh, values. And so that's kind of how I look at leadership just in general. Passion is the foundation, I think, for good leadership uh, because you need to be dedicated to the people you lead. You're building their capability. You're developing them. You're lifting them up and you're inspiring them. Um, so you need that passion for people uh, to connect to the passion you have for what you do and your team and your organization does. Uh, vision, which provides the direction that you lead your people in. It's a guide for people to follow. And people, as we know, need that. They need a good understanding of where they're going. And uh, basically, that vision is painting the picture, if you will, of what the ideal state is for the team and, and the organization. And then values, I think, are really important as well because they're how you operate and values are what binds you all together into the culture in which you function. Um, but your, va your values as a, as a leader aren't necessarily the same as the company's values. Company values usually relate to the organizational mission and vision. Um, it's essential that employees also share your personal values to a certain extent because that drives engagement and that's key for a leader as well. I, I like that. And I think that's always a, a very inspiring moment for me because everybody has a same, but also a very different uh, definition of leadership. Now with all your experience about also developing good leaders um, and, and giving, let's say traits to, to leaders to become great leaders. Um, How would you define a, a great leader? What, what does a great leader, let's say, has for you? I would say, you know, just a little bit about myself and into leadership, uh, which will help sort of tell that story a bit. I advanced into my first level leadership role and then into more senior roles pretty quickly and, and in some respects a little too early to, because I didn't have a lot of, quote, training Uh, in some situations, a lot of leaders find themselves in those roles because they were 
good at what they were doing and the work they were doing, and they looked like uh, they were great leaders from other leaders, right? And so they put you into leadership roles a lot of times without um, a lot of advanced understanding of are these capabilities that you can uh, grow into or that you have, because they're not, you're not born a leader. You, you really have to be uh, developed into being a good leader. So I moved into some roles pretty quickly, took on some responsibility. Um, but I wanted more responsibility too, as a strategist and as a leader. So I was ambitious in that, in that respect. And, and, I, and I sort of felt like it was a good spot for me to help lead and to lead others. But then I sought a role that was somewhat of a stretch for me. And, and I found someone that was willing to take a chance on me. And that, that's a, a critical component of, uh, you know, moving yourself into a different type of, of role as a leader is looking for someone who sees something in you and willing to give you that, that stretch. And, and that's a key theme, I think, of, of truly what can make someone a good leader is first another leader mentored and coached me into being a more effective leader. And since then, I've always thought that the best leaders were coaches. And so I would think one of the biggest attributes of leadership, definitely in my experience as a leader, especially during the pandemic, when I was working at an airline, there, there's nothing I can do as a leader that's more impactful to both the individuals on my team and the organization in which I lead than to serve as a coach. And so I think that's the most important characteristic of a leader mm -hmm. um, because a coach, a good coach will let the employee's own best ideas come to the surface. They'll listen longer than just offering a solution up, up, up front, right? I had someone tell me once, don't go into the room thinking you already have all the answers. You know, listening is really good. Um, listening more than speaking, uh, frankly. And, um, and, you know, the solutions that you let your team find through coaching them instead of just being directive and telling them tend to be more authentic and durable. So I would say the, the, the most impactful types of leaders are leaders that are coaches and you can see it in the sports world, right? How we, how we tend to really respect uh, winning coaches a lot. Right. So. I, I like your, um, your view and I think it's absolutely right. How, in particular, in, in this difficult and challenging world we are in, or maybe any other situation where you can get into as a leader, how you can be prepared, or what is your view, how, how can leaders become prepared to, to cope uh, with, with such challenging, let's say, situation that you may even have no answer for? Well, I'll tell you, last year, um, you know, during the pandemic, we, we didn't have a playbook for that. Um, I was at an airline in, in 2019, the year before the pandemic uh, unleashed. That was the busiest travel season, the busiest travel year in recorded history. I mean, more people in the world moved around than at any other time. And so it was a, it was a challenging year, but it was a great year because people were traveling and moving around the world. And uh, then when the pandemic unfolded, 
that all just stopped almost overnight, Daniel. It was amazing. And I've never been in a business before where we had to put it to rest. And uh, 97% of the revenue just disappeared almost overnight. And so we definitely had some defining moments as leaders during that, that time. And I will shout out, it was Delta Airlines I worked at. I will shout out our senior leadership team because they were fantastic. They were very open and honest and forthcoming immediately about the stakes and the situation and the really exceptionally difficult decisions that they were facing and and bringing the leaders together of the organization and coaching us through that experience to help us um, with our teams, right? And help us communicate and figure it out because it was like, hour by hour for, for quite some time during that. But a few moments stand out from that. And, and you know, the, pro, the, the challenge for this for all organizations as they develop leaders, the challenge is if you don't have a bench of good leaders, then when the crisis does come, that's a problem for you because they're not prepared. And so, and I know lots of corporations spend a lot of effort and significant amounts of time on developing their leaders. Um, but are you really asking the right questions about what you're doing as you develop folks, right, to be leaders? Uh, some, a few moments stood out from last year. You know, we were faced with the stakes and risks of the situation. They were exceptionally large. The outcomes potentially had a major impact almost of every decision we were making because we didn't know day-to-day what would be happening for the longest time. We were in a situation where we were an essential service to the nation, so we had to continue to operate, but at the same time, we didn't have near the amount of customers that we had before. So how would we, you know, navigate that without, try, without um, you know, massive layoffs or adverse, or adverse uh, impact on our employees, uh, but then how would we maintain our uh, ability to survive, right? And so the stress and tension was way high. So it was an, it was an experience that I wouldn't say I would want to go through again, but it did, uh, it, it did teach me a lot about leading through crisis. And again, I go back to that coaching aspect of being a leader, you know, and, and some of the reflection I've done during that year or after that year was really asking myself, okay, what did I do right? What do I wish I would have done differently? What do I wish I had, you know, would have been able to do ahead of time? And then I think about some of those actions that I took and, you know, reflect back on what, what endure, what was my enduring lesson? You know, what, what are the lessons I learned from that experience that I'm taking forward? And, uh, you know, I think that, the number one thing is I definitely don't see my job as a leader, like I said earlier, is just directing people to get the work done. That's not it. Um, I really felt like a lot of my experience during that year as a leader was really about just helping people navigate the complexity of what was happening in the world, in mm-hmm. our communities, and then in our you know, families and, and all of that. And uh, so those, those are going to the values, going to the passion for people, 
and going to the vision, you know, are really the things that I leaned on during that year. And, uh, and I would argue that we all, you know, we're all in learning and HR, or those of us that are, we really need to focus on what is your bench? How deep is your bench for effective uh, leadership in not only the good times, it's easier, frankly, to lead through the good times than it is exactly. those challenging times. So. When you think of all your experience and how you um, develop, let's say, good leaders, in particular, you mentioned uh, to stay passionate, let's say, to, to connect people, to foster, let's say, a certain vision, but also to create values and maybe also a culture um, of an organization. What are the main aspects that you see um, or the main traits that someone would need uh, maybe as a younger age with your own experience that you said? Um, what traits would you recommend? What, what learning experience uh, an organization should prepare in order to create good and great leaders like you described? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of different ways to look at it. And of course, lots of companies have really great programs. Um, and, you know, we're I've worked on several of, of the types of programs in some of the companies that you know, I've worked at for, for different ways to develop leadership. I think... Um, I think you can boil it down into some, some simple things, though. And, and a lot of times we make this more complex than it needs to be. Um, one, I think you've, you've really got to have an intentional selection system that's based on the leader expectations that you have. So, so you've come together as an organization, and this is the cultural aspect, right? you've decided that this is what we expect of anyone who leads in this organization. So you have to really have a concerted effort to, to, to bring that together into not everyone's heads that, you know, need to agree on that and accept those and, and not have a ton of them make that, that can be simple three to four uh, expectations you have of leaders so that it's sticky and everyone can grab hold of that. Right. And then, and then candidly, you need to find leaders, especially in today's world, you need to identify some key attributes, you know, how well can they communicate? How well are they, how good are they at storytelling and being able to bring people together in a shared mission, right? And how, um, How are they able to connect what they do, what they expect their teams to do to the values of the company? I strongly believe in values-based leadership. And, and then some key attributes along with those are curiosity and persistence and courage. Mm -hmm. So I think, and, and Eric Schmidt said this when he was chairman of Google, he hires for two things, persistence and courage. And especially in today's world, we need leaders who can have a strong point of view, uh, can be persistent and in, in not persistent in necessarily trying to advance their own point of view, but persistent in the ability to advocate and champion for the people they lead, but also for the organization's mission and vision. Um, and there's a great book on this that, that really... I think everyone should take a look at Simon Brown, who's a friend of mine. He's a CLO at Novartis, wrote a book called The Curious Advantage. 
And a good leader, again, talking about leaders as coaches, a good leader is themselves curious, but they're able to instill curiosity in the people that they do lead. And, that, and that's critical in today's world because good leaders open their team up to innovate and co-create, and they really only do that when they're curious. And so that's a, it's almost a skill that a good leader can help uh, instigate among their team. I, I like that. Um, now you worked for, for so many different companies as well with different, let's say, type of businesses, the Home Depot, Delta, now Walmart. Um, Do you see there any difference, let's say, of leadership or leadership style also required in order to succeed in these different, let's say, areas or companies? Um, I, I mean, there are some consistent um, attributes, I think, across any type of industry or vertical that people may be in. As a learning expert, I, I feel like I've been able to, you know, start it out in technology Where I spent most of my time in tech companies and then in retail and then in the uh, transportation space, there, there are some consistent, you know, attributes that, that uh, good leaders carry with them wherever they go. Right. And I think really, if you're, you, if you're people focused, because we as leaders, especially in our space where we're in learning and development, we're in HR we are the ones that are really more focused on the people. And so I think you really need to have a focus on helping others, developing others. I mean, that's a consistent attribute across the board. If you're just in it for yourself, then, you know, you're going to have a challenging time, especially in, you know, different types of organizations. Um, I think a lot of companies like to speak about their, their cultures being like a family. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important that the leader can draw some familial correlations in some respects and how they lead, because you want to get to know your people really well and you want to spend time with them and you want to understand them. So I think some of those, uh, you know, that attribute across the board will carry you as a leader, effective communication, uh, collaboration, understanding how to not only formulate a vision for where you need to go as a team, but also being able to help those that are on your team be able to execute on that, that vision. Strategy is great, but your team has to actually execute on that as well. So I think, you know, being able to have that conversation and tell that story and get people to really be motivated to want to go in that direction that you're setting the vision for, um, that, that's critical. I think if you have those types of capabilities, you're going to do fine as a leader. Awesome. I mean, I think all industries, of course, has their, uh, their tipping point moment, right? Uh, you mentioned that in the airline industry, of course, COVID was kind of an overnight, let's say, crisis mode. Um, so um, in particular, in this difficult, challenging times where you need to, um, let's say, change a complete company, also literally overnight, change the mode of operation, the modus operandi, How do you unleash motivation at, at the workforce to, let's say, overcome such a complete crisis uh, in, in your view? 
Well, I had a leader at the last company I was at during COVID, you know, tell me, is just sort of talking about one of the moments, right, that we were dealing with some pretty heavy decision making. And, you know, he's like, we have to really be bold. And, and this is a moment that we have to step up and, and figure this out. We were literally in the mode of trying to save the airline, save the company. And, um, and, you know, you have those stark moments during that time where what matters most is the people that your decisions that you're making or the decisions you're making are impacting their lives. And you can see that, you know, you can literally see that. And, um, um, you know, so you've got to be able as a leader, and especially in moments of confusion or chaos or crisis, or just even when the times are really, you know, causing you to have to have to uh, make some impactful decisions, regardless of whether it's like a, you know, global crisis, that kind of thing. You've got to be able to ask powerful questions. You've got to, you know, like I said earlier, engage in active listening. You've got to be free of distractions. You've got to clear your head to be able to focus on uh, what's in front of you. Uh, It's key to challenge assumptions. You've got to always be aware of the broader issue, the bigger picture, but you sometimes have to hone in on those nuances or the more granular aspects of things that, especially if they're impacting, you know, individuals Um, and really know the next action, like what are the steps people need to take? That's really critical. Like what they need to do and by when Uh, you've got to have that accountability. You have to affirm accountability um, and, and, you know, be willing to accept feedback, especially in the moment. Um, but, you know, I would say be a guide, not a director necessarily. Those are some of the things that are really critical and important. And it was for us as we were, uh, going through that year, but you can translate those to kind of your everyday practice too, as a, as a leader, because, um, you know, everyone, you're very visible, and uh, people are looking at you, obviously, through different lenses. And um, there's, there's a certain, and you'll figure it out with the organization you're in, the culture you're in, but how you carry yourself and how you bring yourself and how you model uh, the, the type of leader you want to be. And, uh, you know, those are all important things for leaders to, to focus on. I think you also mentioned one aspect that I very like, uh, in particular, uh, do you also agree that it's very essential to, let's say, bring in the team to find, let's say, to make part, make it a, 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 as, as part of the solution instead of making it part of the problem in order to scope with that challenging times? Yeah, no, you're right. I think that um, especially in times like last year, what a lot of our senior leaders did, including the CEO, Ed, he, he brought us into the conversation. So, there was that one aspect of being very directive and, you know, sharing with us kind of, here's what we need to be thinking about right now. Here, here are the things we're going to do to focus on one, your safety as employees of this company, our customer safety, and then like our communities around us in which we operate all the things we can do there. Some of the first things he had us do since customers weren't necessarily flying the airline like they had before, how can we lend our, expertise in our planes and all of that to healthcare workers who needed to move around to the hotspots, right? So we flew people, uh, the healthcare workers around and, and, oh, by the way, there's some, some Americans were 
uh, locked down, they got locked down when countries locked down, they were in, in foreign countries. And so can we go get them and bring them back? So, so the, you know, at his level and as a great leader, he was thinking about what can we do to make sure our communities, our people, our customers are safe, right? And what do we need to do there? And so I think sometimes you have to take that broader vision, but he brought us into these conversations and he uh, shared with us all those things going on while at the same time, making those more tactical decisions on uh, cost out. You know, the first thing was like, okay, how do we cost out? You know, how do we not be burning cash every day, at least as, as you know, little as we would have to, to keep the airline operating. So those kinds of decisions, you know, 24 seven is critical mm-hmm. kind of aspect, but you know, what he evoked in us though and emanated was a sense of purpose, Right. So our purpose, you know, we had a mission statement for the company, but when that became not really focused necessarily on our customers, it became the mission for us just as a, as a company to survive. Right. So we were able to um, take what he was telling us and understand how we had a purpose going forward. Right. And that's the best thing that in times like that, a leader can give you is, a purpose for you showing up every day and helping you make the decisions you need to make about, uh, you know, the, the, your part, your role you can play in the organization. We were asked, Hey, can you take leave of unpaid leaves of absence? Can you uh, give back some of your time off? You know, these types of things, what are you willing to do to help us get through uh, this crisis, right? And so then we had that sort of shared accountability and responsibility as employees to come together and figure out what we needed to do to, to help the company. You're not going to get that unless you have leaders who can share that vision and tell the story the right way to make you feel like and, and for you to see how your contribution can help. And, and I learned so much from him and just watching and even the leaders around him uh, during that year on setting clear expectations, telling, you know, uh, telling us and, and sharing the higher purpose that we had um, and helping to keep us as motivated as possible during a time like that um, and, and sharing with us the impact that we could have by working together and, you know, paying it forward exponentially for the company. And, and they're coming out of, it's hard to say if they're coming out of the pandemic right now, because we have all these variants going around and, and some new stuff happening, but coming out of that were, you know, we were coming as a stronger organization. And I think you, you also mentioned that, um, and in particular in these difficult times where you are, let's say, not in your comfort zone, is the, the, the time when you most learn, right? I mean, you, you need to be spot on. You need to find uh, solutions with your, with your team. So I, I very like the, the, the way you reacted on the pandemic, which is, I mean, it's still on, right? It's not over yet. <laughs> It was, you know, it was a challenge. I, I lost half of my team um, because they, you know, they offered retirement packages and strongly encouraged people to really think about, um, you know, what they, 
you know, is it time for you to retire? Have you, you know, we had a lot of tenure on the team. And so folks, it was a great package and a lot of folks took the package, but we also had that sort of shared understanding that sacrifices are needed. And uh, if we, if some of us sacrifice, I mean, I took a couple off unpaid um, and several people on my team did. It's funny how the learning teams are always the ones that are willing to sacrifice. <laughs> um, but we did that to, to give back, you know, and, and I don't want to sound too sanctimonious here, but, you know, we knew that, that together we were much stronger in this than if, um, if we were just in it for ourselves. And, and those moments don't emanate from, you know, from nowhere. Right? That comes from a shared, like I said, a shared sense of purpose. And so you don't get that overnight. If, like I said earlier, if you don't have good leaders who are able and capable and willing to steer you through these rough waters, if you don't have that to begin with, you're not going to be able to navigate those types of crises or, or tough moments. And you could even say that on the other side of things when it's not crisis, but it's just uncertainty, volatility, and maybe it's even sort of the rapid transformation that's going on. If you don't have leaders capable and with the capacity to navigate you through your, you know, their teams and the organizations through those types of moments, then, then it's too late when they're already happening, right? And you can look at some of the best organizations out there, the ones that are um, doing the, the best, not just from a revenue standpoint, but from a customer or an employee satisfaction standpoint, you look around and it's because they have good leadership. And so that's, that's where we need to be investing more and differently in leader development and we need to be thinking a little bit beyond the box, if you will, on how we develop great leaders. And, uh, and then a lot of organizations should open their doors a bit and, you know, share some of what they're doing with other organizations um, as well when it comes to this. Awesome. Brendan, like, like usually I, I finish up with the question, what do you have told the longer Brandon or what has been the advice that you have told the younger Brandon uh, when he started his career as a leader? Well, I didn't plan this career. <laughs> this is not what, I thought I'd be in a rock band playing bass guitar. Wow. Um, so I went in completely the opposite direction. But, um, you know, what I would look back and I've had a wonderful career, I would just say, you know, what I said earlier, you know, go, life is terribly short. So make sure you're living every moment the, the best life you can and, and just keep your head up, pay your bills, don't be in debt and just move forward, you know, and that, that's what my dad told me when I was young. So I've tried to, I've tried to stick with that and it's helped uh, through my career and my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, what I would <laughs> Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It has been a real pleasure uh, having you as a guest. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Appreciate being here. Go for Leadership, the podcast.